Jen, what is this episode about? Well, Brianne, uh, let me clue you in. It's about codefend. <laughs> You're listening to Bests, an invitation to live all in for yourself, your dreams, and your relationships so you can live your best life. I'm Jen Cobb. I'm Bree Stevens, and we're your hosts. Best friends with a little humor, a lot of honesty, and a love for going deep to see you rise. So we're here for episode two, and we're talking about covenant versus codependent friendship. How do you know you're in a codependent friendship? Interesting. I don't know. I've never been in one. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, how do you know you're in a codependent relationship? Well, how did our codependent relationship start, Brie? Um, well, we were in college, and mm-hmm. we had become fast friends. We loved talking about God. We were super emotionally dependent on one another. You became, like, the only person in my world. And then before you knew it, we were all that were in each other's world, and no one else existed, really, and uh, we became very isolated. And yeah. um, a lot of things that come with that, like way high anxiety and depression and a lot of other things um kind of feeling stagnant in our lives and so needing to get help and then the climb out of it and doing things that feel totally uncomfortable and unsafe to what we had become used to and finding like total freedom basically yeah so we've been friends for almost 11 years 11 11 years in april or july well, depending on those months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we have probably, we probably struggled with codependency and to get out of codependency for probably five years. So probably half of our friendship was that. Yeah. And it's not really been like a black and white, like one day we were just not codependent anymore. (laughs) It's been a journey. And so even in that 10 years, I would say, oh my gosh, this year feels more free than the year before that. And every year I feel like we've found more and more freedom. And so it's definitely a process and because you're doing life with someone and, you know, how do you choose to stay friends with someone that you really want to be friends with? um, But codependency is in your friendship. How do you navigate that? How do you find health and wholeness and freedom? And so we have decided to give you some pointers on things we've learned from our own friendship. Five questions to ask yourself. Um, about kind of gauging where you're at, you know, um, you might be in a codependent relationship if, and, um, some key takeaways for how to kind of climb out of that and find freedom for yourself. So, yeah. So just to start off, if you don't know what codependency is, um, codependency is the excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. Wow. I didn't even know it said that on account of addiction or illness. Yeah. Okay. Tell them really quick. Tell them how that even happened for us. So around Bree's sophomore year, my junior year, um, she actually got really, really sick. And so um, it was a lot of her body reacting um, from PTSD, from Mm -hmm. um, sexual abuse that you had faced in your childhood. Mm -hmm. And so... As that was coming up and as she was dealing with it, she started having heart palpitations. Um, She started having uh, migraines where she couldn't even make it through classes, um, couldn't even make it to the cafeteria and back. And so 
um, essentially I became her primary caregiver during that time. It morphed into this thing of, oh, well, I'm the one that's meeting her needs. And then from that, um, as you know, went into the relationship and then figuring out that we didn't want to be in this relationship and then so on and so so forth to now 11 years later here we are yeah or like you know she was the one that I learned oh my gosh there's someone that has met my needs so completely that no one else even feels safe anymore and so um there's that there's that side as well and um also, uh, addiction, that was something else that's in that definition. I think about how, well, maybe you've not had an illness or an addiction to a substance or something, but maybe there's emotional addiction. You can be addicted to a person. And so that's also a basis for how codependency can start. AKA oxytocin, you know, the <laughs> love drug. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Especially someone that's not actually helping you get forward in life. They're actually holding you back and keeping you stagnant. So, yeah. So we talk about codependency is that and then covenant just meaning a promise the agreement that or not the promise in the agreement I would I would say that um you know covenant is basically like you make a promise to someone that says I choose you we've kind of come up with this idea of covenant friendship and what that is what that's looked like for us is not what can you do for me but what can I do for you and how can we also benefit and grow together and so um separately and freely apart, but also interdependently. So it's, I choose you. Um, I choose to give and receive. I not just taking from you and trying to keep you where you're at to benefit me or to serve me. And so there is a difference there. So without further ado, here Mm -hmm. are five questions uh, that we've come up with that you can ask yourself um, just to see kind of where you're at. Like, is my friendship leaning towards a covenant friendship, like a healthy friendship, or is it leaning towards codependent? And so... Why don't you start, Jen? Okay. So the first question that you want to ask yourself is where is my focus? Um, And so a good way to figure that out is what do I talk about when I'm with other people? So Mm -hmm. when I was in a codependent relationship, I realized that I talked about Brie all of the time. And I noticed in people's eyes, I couldn't figure it out when I was in it, but I noticed in people's eyes that they started to glaze over when I would tell another story about Brie. And I Mm -hmm. thought... What is that? I mean, I'm just talking about bringing my best friend. Um, But it was like this excessive need um, to talk about somebody. And it was like my world revolved around them. Um, And so um, that would be the codependent side. And then the covenant side would be um, that there's growth and excitement and celebration in multiple friendships. So being able to connect with somebody in a friendship and in a relationship and not have to talk about the person who maybe is your best friend. Um, and so you love talking about them, but you also like talking about yourself. You like talking about your interests. You like talking about your passions. Um, and you really value and listen to other people. I think about that one time, um, gosh, a couple several years ago, and you decided to go hang out with some friends late at night. And you did dinner with them, and then you hung out late, and I decided to stay home. And All of my gallivanting <laughs> in the nighttime nocturnal hours. But you came home, and I remember it was like at a space where it wasn't like we were used to doing a lot of things apart from each other. And so we were aware, like, oh, we do everything together. We're connected at the hip. We can't even do anything apart from each other. And so, but you came home that night, and I remember you saying to me, Brie, I love hanging out with you, but I loved not hanging out with you tonight. <laughs> 
And I, I looked at you that. and I was like, oh my gosh, I love that you just said that. Like it felt so free that you could actually, cause I had enjoyed time by myself and I was like, man, this just feels so good. I don't have to feel anxious or like separation anxiety that you left for a few hours. And I love that you got life from other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Question number two to ask yourself, who do I allow to meet my emotional needs? Um, and on the flip side, who do I contribute emotionally to? Uh, this is something that I definitely wrestled a lot with uh, when Jen and I were in the thick of our codependency because what had happened was in my realizing that I needed help, which was one, very hard for me to do. But when I realized that I needed a lot of help, I only relied on Jen. Like she was the one person I relied on. She's the only person I texted and called. Yeah. I mean, you were it like, yeah. So if you guys don't know the Enneagram, um, (laughs) I am a two wing one Mm -hmm. and Brie is a five wing four. And so after this, I don't know if I could have handled reading this when we were in a codependent relationship, but about a year ago, someone gave like a hot take and like it was an unpopular opinion. And she said, fives and twos are the most toxic friendship pairing. And I thought, what? Oh, wait. Yeah, they (laughs) are. And here's why. Because twos need to be needed. And so they will do everything they can to become irreplaceable in someone's life. And fives. That's me. Fives core need is to be uh, basically self-sustained and um, to not need anyone or anything, but to be totally able to survive on their own. So what happens is when that two gets into the five's little heart (laughs) and the five realizes I'm a human and I do need people, um, but it's, oh my gosh, I need this one person. Um, And I realize all the ways that I thought I had to do it on my own. Suddenly someone met all those needs. It was addicting and toxic in the sense that I just wouldn't, I didn't need anyone else. I didn't let anyone else in. I didn't think I needed anyone else. And we just kind of became isolated in our little world and we're not functioning with the rest of the amazing people around us. Yeah. So, um, I remember when I was in college one day like the day that I realized this, oh my gosh, it was kind of a little crisis for me. I walked into the cafeteria and Jen had had some other class to go to, but usually we ate like every meal together in the cafeteria. And I walked into the cafeteria by myself and I saw my teammates sitting at a table and they looked at me surprised. All eyes were on me like, where's Jen? (laughs) And I just wanted to cry and run away. I felt so exposed but I actually felt a lot of self kind of anger and like self hate. Like I was really hard on myself, but I, I had this remorse, like, who am I? Because I don't know who I am without her. And she's the only person that allows, uh, you know, that I allow to meet my emotional needs. And so that was kind of a painful realization moment for me. But, you know, out of that, the flip side is, as you begin to grow and learn and let yourself be seen by other people and let other people meet your needs emotionally, you also realize that, um, I also have value and I have something to contribute to other people as well. And so in covenant friendship, you can give and receive from many people because you see the value in many people and, uh, in many friendships. And you also can give and have something to contribute to people emotionally as well. It's not just all one person. Um, it's a healthy community of, of men and women around you. Yeah. Um, a good gauge about, you know, a good gauge for this. Um, if you're not really sure when you need something, 
or when you need to talk to someone, who do you call? Um, mm. When it's hard, who do you talk to? And even like the little things, um, cause you've got big things and I get it. Like we have the people that are closest to us that we trust the most. Like I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Like hear me on that. It's so important that we have people that we can trust everything with. But then what about the little things? Like, um, who do I ask to meet like my little needs and who do I tell my little celebrations and victories to? And who do I place my expectations on to meet my emotional needs? Cause if it's all one person, you're actually giving them a heavy load to carry. Like yeah. no one's supposed to carry solely one person's needs entirely without anyone's help. Like that is actually a false reality and like an unrealistic expectation to place on someone. Oh, it's emotional breakdown waiting to happen. <laughs> so the third question that we want to address is who do I invest in and who do I spend my time, energy, money on? Um, and so some of you need to invest more in yourself. And some of you need to practice on investing in others. And so when we think about that and we think about codependent relationships, it is all on one person. I'm giving all of my time. I'm giving all of my energy. I'm giving all of my money uh, to just this one person. I remember when we were in college and Brie was sick, um, she couldn't make it to the cafeteria. And so I would take her in my car and we would go through the Taco Bell drive through and I would buy her Taco Bell because um, she couldn't make it to the cafeteria in time and they wouldn't let you take stuff out because of to-go boxes. And I don't, it was just a bunch of rules. So I would just buy her Taco Bell like mm-hmm. multiple times a week. Um, and that just, I, that's who I spent all of my money on. That's who I spent. And then I, we would go back to school and we would just hang out with each other until all hours of the night working on homework and everything that I had was just funneled into Brie. Mm-hmm. And we've honestly asked this question before. I wonder how much to the dollar amount you actually spent on me on Taco Bell. Yeah. Like there, I mean, I would not be surprised if you spent like four or $500 on Taco Bell, but I, maybe yeah. it was more like... We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless and you it, want to dig back in your bank records and actually count up your uh, Taco Bell transactions. But. Oh, I don't even know if I could. But <laughs> it, I mean, it, and I just neglected, you know, buying myself new jeans or new shirts because, you know, I had somebody that I needed to take care of, quote unquote, air quotes that you can't see right now. So if you want thriving relationships and community, um, find ways to spend your resources on more than one person and find your way, find a way to spend your resources on yourself as well. Yeah. And when you say resources, you mean like your time, yeah, your, even your affections, like your basically what you have energy, to give Yeah, and stuff from your bank account. I mean, and your resources, but like everything that you spend on yourself and on people, find ways to expand the circle of people that you are investing in, including yourself. Mm-hmm. So a good exercise that you might want to do is think about what are all of the things that go out of me? So it could be your time, it could be your money, it could be your emotional support and think about what is coming out of me and who is it going to? And it might help to make like a list of every person that you give things to. It doesn't have to be monetarily, um, but what are those things that you're giving to them? Um, and then that would be a good way to see, are all my resources being spread evenly um, amongst different people? And there is a saying that maybe you've heard, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And if you want to find out where your treasure is, 
Check your bank account and see where your money is going. What or who do you spend it on? Yeah, that's a really, really good thing to think about. Um, It's like a practical manifestation of a spiritual, emotional truth. Mm -hmm. Another question that you want to ask yourself. Question number four. Yeah. um, Is can I celebrate my friends and can I celebrate myself? Can I support their decisions even when it doesn't serve me? So for example, this was after Brie and I had gotten through the whole codependency thing, but um, Brie actually had a lot of things that were moving her up to Reading. And so when I heard about this, it was hard because obviously she's my best friend. Um, but And I'm moving five hours away. <laughs> yeah. But it was something that I could celebrate because I knew that it was good for her and I knew that the Lord was in it. If I would have been back in that codependent phase, I would have said something like, you can't leave me, or I would have guilted her, I would have manipulated her, um, and it would have just been not the best thing. So we know that we are in a covenant friendship when we are able to celebrate even when it makes us feel uncomfortable. If you have ever heard somebody say, you can't leave me. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to me after everything we've built and been through? That's manipulative. But being able to celebrate them and them being able to celebrate you, even when things are uncomfortable or unpredictable, that's how you're going to know that you're going to make it into a covenant friendship. Yeah. And that kind of brings us um, to the last question we have for this episode is question number five. Can I live freely and do I let others live freely? Um, another way to say that would be, do I empower people? Like what Jen was just saying about, can I celebrate their decisions? Can I support them in what they're doing? Um, so can I empower people or, or am I actually, do I empower people or do I manipulate people? And Mm so, you know, what's a great way, um, to kind of, to, to kind of illustrate this, you know, I would say in a covenant friendship, um, you empower people to grow. And so you empower them to reach their their capability and their potential and you see beyond like what they see and you champion them towards that, even if it leads them away from you. And so I think that that's something that you did really, really well was you championed me into Reading, like when it was scary for me to move five hours away and start life over in a new city essentially and go after some things. I felt like God was like, yeah, like leave where you are, like pack up and move and go and you totally supported me. And I mean, you grieved, right? Like your best friend yeah. is moving, but let me tell you, we stopped watching Downton Abbey <laughs> right when you moved. And it was just a whole bunch of emotions. Expand on that. Well, because it was sad that Downton Abbey was ending and it was just very emotional because Downton Abbey is ending mm-hmm. and everybody's moving and going on with their lives. And then you're moving and going on <laughs> with your life. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Downton Abbey makes uh, life feel really real. Um, yeah. So I think that the, the thing about like, do, can I live freely and do I let others live freely? Like in a, in a friendship, do I hold this person with open hands? Do I recognize them as like, I love them and I love them in my life, but if I want the best for them, even if like there's a season in life that leads them away from me or uh, even something as simple as disagreement, do I give that permission to disagree with me and can we exist in a space and be okay with one another and respect one another in disagreeing without trying to sway or persuade um, each other to to agree with us um, or to stay with us or to do what serves us or what's convenient for us? And so, I mean, it's so important. Like I would say... It's really easy to go. I'm empowering someone um, 
to do what I think is best for them or or what I see in them. But that can also be said the same way for someone that's like, I'm going to empower that person to do what I want them to do. Mm. That's actually manipulation and control. That's like, I want them to do what serves me or what's convenient for me. What that actually does is it keeps people right where they're at. So you actually, by controlling someone, um, by swaying them to do what you want them to do is keeping them stagnant and it keeps you stagnant. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps you guys uh, kind of stuck. And um, I think what happens with control is that, and not living with open hands and not living freely and letting others like live and let live, is that it results in one or both of you um, staying trapped, controlled or restricted or stagnant. And, um, I, there's a, there's, um, the holistic psychologist, that's her name, right? She's yeah. on Instagram. I love her. She's a badass. She is amazing. And she, um, just, she basically like educates a lot of people on, I mean, it's not about codependency. It's actually about like self-healing, but she yeah. addresses a lot of codependency and I love learning from her. She recently posted about, um, control and she said something really fascinating. I'm just paraphrasing here, but she said, that people control when they need to feel safe. And then in the same light, uh, the other person will allow themselves to be controlled in order to feel safe. And so I might allow you to win. Well, probably the other way around. You would allow me to win an argument or put my foot down on something that I want so that we preserve relationship because conflict is painful. But we're actually not letting each other like move freely. Um, another thing she said was that people control other people when they feel afraid that their needs are not being met or that their safety is threatened. Mm. And so I think part of coming out of codependency is realizing that I don't need everyone else around me to act a certain way in order for me to feel safe. Yeah. That's so, so, so important. Um, A great way to come out of that into covenant friendship is do I empower people and support them to make their own decisions? And also am I empowering to myself and do I remind myself that I'm safe and I'm capable. And listen, there is an ocean <laughs> of possibilities. But if you get stuck and stay in the fishbowl, you're going to miss it. Yeah, don't get stuck in the codependent fishbowl. It yeah. sucks. It's really small. Yeah. And you're basically just floating in your own poop. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so, things that you might find as you begin to like realize, okay, if you realize you're maybe you you listen to all these things and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I might be in a codependent friendship or there's some unhealth in my friendship. There's some awesome things you can start working on to grow and to heal and to get more free for yourself and for your friend and for your relationship. But also some things that you probably need to know, like don't be surprised if dot, 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 like there's some good ones that we've kind of learned along the way. It's really important that you know them because you don't want to be blindsided. So number one, not everyone who's in a codependent relationship wants to get out of one. Yeah. Codependent relationships. Honestly, when you have one person meeting your needs and like that person is always going to be there, that's awesome. It feels so great. I mean, it's comfortable until you realize that it's literally sucking your soul. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. Choosing to grow out of a, uh, out of a codependent relationship is not convenient. Actually can be quite painful. Yeah. Um, painful because it's going to cost you a lot of emotional energy. Uh, you're going to need to confront your person, um, to talk about hard stuff. Uh, you're going to need to engage in conflict 
And um, you might find that you're going to fight more trying to get out of a codependent relationship than actually staying in one. Yeah, that's us. I think we we just fought a lot for a long time. Yeah, because things are changing and they're uprooting and you're changing the way you've done things. And sometimes one person doesn't want that. And sometimes you might want it or your person might want it and you don't or they don't. And it makes it hard. And I think one thing that has worked for us is that we both wanted the same thing. And so don't be surprised if you wanting to get out of a codependent friendship doesn't automatically mean that the other person wants to because there's mutual like, you know, there's a reason why people stay in them. Yeah. And so just kind of bear that in mind. I mean, the hope is that you both are like, yeah, let's get healthier and let's get more free. But not everyone always wants that. Yeah. And if you both do choose to do this, it is an uphill battle, but the view at the top is really worth it. Yeah. I would say about that is that, well, underneath all of our unmet needs are our deepest pains. And, um, it's just painful to face your pain, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) like people don't want, I mean, pain is painful. So I think so, so often we're in pain avoidance mode and, um, especially when someone's meeting your needs on a surface level, then you don't have to face certain pains. But the only way to really find freedom isn't by running from your pain. It's by walking through it. And that takes confrontation. It takes conversations. It takes um, engaging in conflict. So the cost of staying in codependency is your soul. It's your freedom to emote and feel and make decisions and to be apart from another person. Yeah. Like it's the, it's just the freedom to be able to emote apart from another person. Like, can you, can you exist and be you, uh, is your identity in another person? Um, codependency will probably like cause you to lose who you are. Uh, Mm -hmm. you won't know who you are without that person. The, The truth is that you have something beautiful to offer as just you. And that with a friendship that should come out and they should support that and draw out of you, not pull away from you. Yeah. It's like when you leave a face mask on your face and you forget that it's on there. Like, when, have you ever done that before? It's like, well, it's like having something on you that you just forget is there. Yeah. It's like having, um, have you ever gotten a splinter in your hand and it hurts so bad and you just. And I know it's there. And you know it's there, but then you forget after a while, but you're like still, or like any kind of pain in your body. Like for me, I have like chronic back pain mm. or I've had it. It's, I'm just so used to it. I forget that it's there, but it's still limiting me. And I stop taking steps for healing and growth because I'm so used to it, but it doesn't mean I'm actually having the best life that I could. Yeah. Okay. So here are some key takeaways that you can use um, if you decide that, yeah, I'm in a codependent relationship and I would like to get out of it. So the first one is start having conversations. Um, How you bring it up and the person's response to when you bring it up will say a lot about where you're at. And so express your needs and also acknowledge their needs because sometimes you get in things and you're like, this is how I feel and this is how I feel and you start talking about it. But then if you don't listen to somebody else's side, you don't realize that, oh, maybe they're feeling the exact same way or maybe they're feeling a way that's opposite. So you could think that they're doing all of these things against you and you're so angry about it and they're like, well, I'm actually reacting this way because of this. Really though, how they react to the conversation is going to speak volumes. And if they're not willing to have those hard conversations and if they're not willing to see it, then 
that might be a godsend that maybe it's time to reassess. Is this relationship really worth it? Um, something else that you can do, I know this was like really good for me, was practice doing some things on your own. So I am a little bit more introverted and um, regardless of how introverted or extroverted I am, I actually love being independent. Like I love doing things on my own. I love creating and exploring. I love going places. I love going shopping. Like I don't know if you do this, but I love going shopping for clothes by myself. Like I hear a lot of girls that are like, oh, like I love to go with my friends and I think it's great, but I actually just really enjoy shopping on my own and um, even grocery shopping. Like I know that for a while it was like, man, I just don't do anything on my own anymore. I just do all of it with you and you're my person. And I don't know how to even when, I don't know when the last time is that I did something for myself by myself. And um, that's kind of part of our, our human experience is like, I can do something beautiful on my own um, for myself and do it apart from somebody else. And so do something for you. For me, it was grocery shopping and clothes shopping. If I could do those things on my own, it gave me time to think and create and um, just enjoy, learn how to feel safe and not insecure walking around by myself. Like there was a time when I felt really insecure just walking by myself somewhere and because I was so used to being with you, you became kind of my, my safety blanket, like my security blanket. And so learn how to do things like do the thing that pick the thing that's hard or pick the thing that you used to do that you don't do anymore. Do something for you. And for those of you who want to take it to the next level of not just grocery shopping or not just shopping <laughs> for clothes, try taking yourself on a date. Oof. When you think about that, don't just let it be going out to dinner. There's this, um, personal trainer in mine and Bree's life who said, plan this whole day just for you. So it could be journaling and reading in the morning. Then it could be a massage and getting your nails done or whatever you want to do in the afternoon. And then at dinner, taking yourself out to dinner and buying yourself a really nice dinner, not just going to Taco Bell and like sitting in the parking lot and like crying because you're alone, but like go take yourself out and get a steak, you know? Or if you're vegan, don't get a steak, but just take yourself out and really value the time with yourself. And if you want to take it to an even next harder level, don't bring a book or a journal with you. Just practice being there and sitting with yourself and no just, phone. yeah, no phone. Yes. Leave your phone at home, but just practice being with yourself and enjoying yourself and getting to know yourself because, mm. um, that is a really valuable thing to do. Yeah, I think it's like um, learning how to be alone sometimes and not feel lonely. Oof, yeah. <laughs> like being alone isn't a bad thing. I think we demonize it a lot in our culture. We think that, oh my God, I can't be alone. I'm really nervous or I get anxious or I, I don't even think that I'm thinking about it, but I do all this stuff and there's so much noise in my life and I'm a busy bee. I fill my life with noise because I don't know how to be with myself by myself. And so being alone doesn't equate to loneliness. It actually, when you grow in being alone and giving yourself alone time, it's so enriching. It's one of the places that I find the most um, wonder and passion in my life. I've heard that silence has a sound. Mm, yeah, silence has a sound and it's whatever's going on inside of you. I think I might have said that in episode one. I'm not sure, but... um yeah. That's a good thing to remember. Keep playing that over. <laughs> Write it on your mirror or something. Yeah. Silence has a sound and it's whatever is going on inside of you. 
And it's okay to be uncomfortable with the silence Mm -hmm. because the longer you're uncomfortable with the silence, the more it becomes your best friend. Mm -hmm. And that's where your biggest growth comes from. Yeah. Amen to that. Another thing um, is in the same light of practicing being on your own is surround yourself with other people besides your one person. So look for mentors, let other people speak into your life that you look up to um, and start investing in some friendships that, you know, with people that give you life. They don't have to be your best, best, best friend or your person, but like invite someone to coffee, practice listening to them, practice sharing your passions with them, letting other people speak, let people speak into your dreams and your fears and your stresses and your worries. Like let people love you and let yourself love other people even if it doesn't feel comfortable right away. I mean, that's how we grow out of the pit of isolation into community. Yeah. Okay, final thing that we want to give you is like a really great thing to practice doing is self-compassion. So it's so important that you're kind to yourself in this process. Um, If you're realizing that you've got some areas of codependency in your life, especially when oftentimes like the knee-jerk reaction can be shame. Like I feel so ashamed that... I let this person walk all over me and control me for so long, or I feel ashamed that I have been manipulative and controlling to someone, or I feel ashamed that I'm isolated and this is the only person I ever talk about in my life. Like there's so many areas where we can feel shame. And so compassion is really important. It's kind of the first step to sustained healing. Yeah. One thing that you can do is you can celebrate your growth. So if you noticed that, at coffee with a friend that you talked about your person 20 times and now the next time at coffee you counted and it was only 10 times yeah it's still 10 times but that is like so much growth and so celebrate yourself take yourself out to another coffee get yourself a cupcake do something um, (laughs) to just really value the growth because in this area of you know, self-work, you can get bogged down in just, oh, I can't believe I'm not over this yet. But the small steps are so worth it because they lead to the larger goal. Yeah. I just want to lead you through this little activity that you can do with me if you're not driving and you're sitting somewhere. (laughs) Or if you're not like on a public transportation thing and people are like going to say, what's wrong with this lady? Or do it on a public transportation. Yeah. Or do it. Okay. Just a way to practice self-compassion and get in touch with you just want you to put your hand on your heart and I just want you to quiet yourself and quiet your thoughts. And I just want you to take a couple of breaths in your nose, not your mouth. And I want you to try to find your heartbeat. See if you can feel it. You're just going to breathe. I'm just going to keep breathing. I just want you to say to yourself, you're safe. You are seen. Even speak to your heart. Like, heart, you're safe to be here. You are seen and you are important. You are loved and you're doing really, really well. You're valuable and you're capable. You have a lot to offer the world. You're able to have thriving relationships and deep, deep meaning and affection and purpose with other people and with yourself. You don't have to be isolated. You can be connected and you can belong and you can thrive.
yeah, just practice doing that every now and then. Check in with yourself. Make sure that you're seeing you and loving you really, really well. And feel your own heartbeat. There's a lot of value in that. Yeah. So if you want to follow us, we have an Instagram. We also have a website. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at ohheybest, which is O-H-E-Y-B-E-S-T. And then our website is bests, B-E-S-T-S, podcast.co. You can find all of the goodies there. Yeah, thanks for following along with us. We love you and um, so, so proud and honored to be journeying with you.